Right about now. Let's go. Red, red wine, you make me feel so fine. You keep me rocking all of the time. All right, KRS Radio presents. Right about now. Let's go. Red, red wine, you make me feel so fine. You keep me rocking all of the time. Right. KRS Radio presents Comedy, Comedy Chat, where we discuss comedy topics with comedians known and unknown. Laugh and learn. They must not know just who this baby. About what we go through to make it in this industry. It's live. It's live. It's funny. It's funny. And we Red, we, red, we, red we, wine, you make me feel so fine. Yeah. That's that shit. It's that time. Don't down right. Now, here's your host, Danny Red Wine. Hey, 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 it's your girl, Danny Red Wine. We are here, we are here. It is Friday. This is the Caribbean Radio Show Comedy Chat. It is loud in the background. Don't mind that noise. We got sirens and shit letting us know that the sun is out and it's Friday. We about to be lit this weekend. It's a long weekend, y'all. It's Labor Day weekend. Some of y'all got Monday. Monday about to be off. So this is a long weekend. We about to turn up this weekend and have a good time. I hope y'all got plans to barbecue, spend time with your family and loved ones, and have a good time, play some old school music. Do the hustle, do all that stuff, because that's, that's what we're about. We like doing the hustle and all that good stuff. But <clears throat> starting off Friday, you know you know, I had to come in September hot with y'all. I had to come in hot. I got my boy Spanky Hayes in the building. We about to chat it up this morning about everything. He just told me that he is in Vegas right now in the heat. said it rained today, but y'all already know how Vegas is. It's the desert. It's about to be hot as as hell out there. So we're going to bring Spanky Hayes in the building. I have, there's no introduction for this man. Spanky Hayes, everybody knows who Spanky is. Spanky is a native Detroit. You know how much talent is in Detroit. He comes out of Detroit. He moved out of that thing, went down to L.A., took off, was doing his thing on Wild and Out for a while. Now he is doing his own podcast, and he's moving around, doing shows. And I am honored to have him on my show today. He actually wanted to be on my show, which I was super geeked about because I was like, oh, my God, I get to talk to Spanky. He got so much so much knowledge in this game and so much time out here. We're going to chat it up today with y'all. So no further ado, welcome to my boy Spanky. Hey, fun, 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 fun. What up, though? What up, though? I, ain't I don't have no soundboard, Spanky, so you got to work with my little my little my little uh beatbox noises. Oh yeah. Burr, 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 burr. Yeah, I gotta yeah, I gotta throw them out there because I don't have no soundboard. So we gonna we gonna work on that though. No, so how are you doing? Man, I'm doing fabulous. Fabulous. It's bright, fabulous, it's bright fabulous. and early in Vegas this morning. So it's nine o'clock over there, right? Same yeah. Cali time, right? Yeah, nine oh three to be exact. All right. And what time do you like get started? You get up every morning early or yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a seven o'clock kind of guy because I got kids. My youngest is seven months, so oh you know, he, seven he months, you up. got a baby. Yeah, he gonna get up, you know. Yeah, six thirty. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. So that that's now, cool. I thought though. your wife was just pregnant. She, you keep her pregnant, don't you? I, I don't mean to. It's just. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, when is she just pregnant, like two years ago? 
Yes, well, yes, he, well, we got a, what, an eight-year-old, about to be eight, about to be, because their birthday is coming up, about uh-huh. to be eight, about to be, no, no, I'm sorry, she's five, so she's about to be six, one is uh, about to, no, she's about to be seven, look at me, she's about to be seven, <laughs> L- Lily's about to be seven, Jedi's about to be five, and Toby is seven months. Okay, okay. So I'm thinking of the five-year-old. Man, time be flying. Right, and and the five-year-old was conceived in Detroit. Oh wow! Yeah, crazy. So you you back and forth. So, well, well, let's not let's not jump ahead. So, Spanky, tell us how you all got started. Because how many years are you in this game? Man, I started in ninety-five. Ninety-five. Okay. Yeah, Something so you like you a good yeah, you you twenty plus years in this thing. Yeah. And now, what got I, you started? Because I you know, growing up in Detroit and uh and then all my family is in New York, so I would go back I, every summer I would go to New York and um but and then go to school in Detroit. I tried to uh go to school in New York one time and failed. I I was failing so bad because it was so much fun and Nobody was doing no work, so I had to come back to Detroit. And then um, I, I guess what made me start is because I kept getting in so much trouble. Like, like I would get, I would try to sell drugs. I tried to steal cars. I tried to be a booster. You know, all the Detroit shit. Uh, right. You know, right. living that life. Right. Detroit, That's that hustling life. That survival life. That's all it is. Yeah. Uh, my grandfather retired from Ford. So I tried to work at Ford, and I went there two days and quit. Uh, I just knew I wasn't supposed to work, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes I wish I did kind of work, but I, for some reason it just didn't never click. So I was just like, fuck it, I'm just going to try to be funny. you know? Like, But here's the thing, nobody, everything I ever tried to do, they all said, man, you're funny, man, why are you doing this? Man, you funny, dude. Why you doing that? Like, right. man, you so funny, dude. Why you do this? Like, so it's like, why, why you scandalous, dog? Like, you, you funny. Right. So, like, so just be funny. Just be you. Right. And then I didn't know how to approach that, really. Right. Absolutely. So, you were young. You was in the mentality of, I need money right now. Exactly. So right. I went back to New York, and uh, MC Light is an a old friend of our my family. She is family, definitely. Uh, so she decided to take me on the road with her mm-hmm. during the summertime. So I was a roadie. So right, uh, which is dope. Time. Yeah, it was because it was, you think about it, like back then, hip hop was real hip hop. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like getting an right. opportunity like that then was huge. Exactly. So you know, and then coming from Detroit, you know, we that's the kind of shit we dream about. So we don't, we right. don't actually get those kind of gigs. So, you know, so then we would come, you know, I, I was doing roadie stuff with her in the summertime. And one magical day, I can't remember the day exactly, but I remember the city. We were in Cleveland. And Douglas uh, Ruggis Bones wanted, didn't show up because they were like the one of the opening acts. So they didn't show up they, early because they wanted to close because it was their city. So they had all of this gappy time and MC Light's father, Nate, looked at me and said, it's time for you to start putting your funny shit to work. And I was like, what you mean? 
He was like, go on stage and uh, for 15 minutes or till you see me weigh you down. I was like, I don't think I could do that. He was like, nigga, you do it all day, every day. Just go be yourself. So I was like, all right. So I went and grabbed the mic and started capping on people in the audience and, you know, capping on a girl. I remember capping on a girl and, and the, the whole crowd blew up. I've never heard a laugh like that. Like, wow. It and was you like, was big. It was over. I was, it was like, over. wow. So I, I did, yeah. actually, I did like 25 minutes with no material, just talking about people. Uh, I think I tried to say a couple old knock-knock, you know, nacho cheese jokes or whatever the fuck I was saying right. because I didn't right. have no jokes at that time. Right, uh, you didn't have no material, right. Right, Right. so I just was capping and capping and it worked. It, it was it beautiful. It worked. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then I came to Detroit because we were working and um, I, we went to a comedy club and I met Tony Roney. Mm-hmm. And Tony Roney was hosting the club and I told him you know, uh, I'm really from here, but I don't live here right now. But I want to come here to do comedy because in New York, comedy seems too hard to do. Like, right. it seems too professional, or it seems too, you know, Eddie Murphy was running around still. And, right. And, you right. know, Chris Rock was kind of new, but oh, you know what I'm saying? People, yeah. Stars were still I mean. running around. So I was like, ah. Uh, I don't know about this. I, I don't think I can compete with them. So it's right. like, so I went to Detroit. And not to say Detroit was weaker or nothing. It just seemed a little bit like I had more access to do it because they had, because uh, I don't know what year you started, but back in those days, Tony Roney had about five clubs a week. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So I just yeah. go on stage for five days in a week. I was like, yeah, this is this cool. Yeah, so, when, I, when I met you at Comedy Stand, I was only like two years in. So that was yeah. like 2016. Okay, damn, 2016. Yep. Wow. Yeah, I started, no, I started in 2014. Okay, you started in 2014. Okay, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, so I, I yep, like I, yep, yep, I just celebrated my 10-year uh, my this year. Wow. Because, well, yeah, no, next year I'll be celebrating my 10-year. Crazy man! In 2014, yeah. I had already been a TV star for like. Yeah, but my story eight. is different. You know, I'm I've always been a funny girl, but I grew up around a whole bunch of boys. You know, I'm like a female nigga. You know what I'm saying? So I had brothers. Right. I grew up around a whole bunch of boy cousins. You know, so I was rough around the edges. I was the cute girl that was rough around the edges. That was cool with all the dudes. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that was right. me growing up. So. I got in a lot of fist fights, you know what I'm saying? I was funny, but I was I was a mean girl on the low. So when I got all, when all I, Detroit girls are mean. Well, I'm not even from Detroit. I'm from Grand Rapids. Okay. Same I'm, thing I'm, if about, you're out two, of town. I'm about two and a half hours out of Detroit. Well, if you out of town, that's the same thing. Right, right. But well, I got sick with cancer. That's why. I, that's what, cancer got me into comedy. Ain't that crazy? That's crazy. Um, yeah, I got diagnosed with breast cancer and I had my my breast removed and I was I was like I was in the darkest place I had ever been cuz even though I was a mean girl, I was cool with everybody. Like I had no enemies out there. I could You know what I'm saying? I was cool with everybody. So, <clears throat> I was diagnosed at 38 years old and it scared the shit out of me and I was going through a divorce at the same time. And 
um, I had a, created a bucket list, and the only thing I could do at that time was stand-up comedy. Stand-up was, I always wanted to do a set because I grew up in a crazy-ass family. And like I said, we all funny. We all silly, goofy. We all got our own crazy sense of humor. So, you know, I just kind of wrote me some jokes, did an open mic, and I got bit by the bug. And I've been doing it ever since. There you go. Yeah, so my, my journey was different. Like, I, I, don't, I don't look at comedy for the hunger as much as I look for comedy for the, the, the feeling that I, that I get. You understand what I mean? Like, comedy gives me something. You know what I'm saying? Like, it gives me something more than it gives the audience. Yeah, um, yeah, just, freedom in it. it yeah, it's a, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. But, yeah, so you, so you just took off from there, and then – how did how did how did you like get into movies and um wanting to do other stuff after that? Did did you just get approached by people or was that something you had interest in? Well, my first interest in show business was to be an actor. It wasn't to be a comedian. Okay. I was, I was just funny, I guess. Yeah. Right, so, right. It just happened. Just, yeah, it just kinda happened. Mm-hmm. Um and um so when I came to – well, first I I was – okay, so now I'm doing comedy. I'm living in Detroit, going back and forth to New York, to Detroit, New York. New York. So I felt like I had conquered both of them. That's how I felt. Like I did the Fox. I did the – Right, right. Uh, you did, every, in, did everything. All yeah. The mm-hmm. Yeah, I did everything. Uh, every time it was a, uh, like a comedy festival, I, would, I wouldn't headline. I was still young in my career then, but I would be – second to the headliner at first, you know, right before the headliner. So I I just felt like I couldn't do nothing else in Detroit. Like, right. just get fat. And, right. You know, and, you know, <laughs> right. right. Eat Tony dogs every day. Right. You say La- eat a whole bunch of food. Hey, <laughs> hey lamb, right. lamb chops just start popping when I moved. So you know I was killing the motherfuckers. So it's like, <laughs> right. so it's like you know, well, I was like, nah, man, I, I just – so like and then and then here's something personal. Uh back to me trying to deal drugs and just to keep money and make my mom happy. Mm-hmm. Uh one of my friends had died, like, in, in the car with me. So he got shot in the car in the back and it's fine, but I'm sitting next to him. Oh wow. So I'm like I was like, Oh, fuck this. Like, okay, Detroit is over. I can't I can't right. do this. So right. I went I'd to New imagine, York first. Especially, especially being in the car. Like, I couldn't yeah. imagine being in the car. I could smell his flesh. Mm. And, I, and, I, and that's like a smell or a thought that I'll never forget. Never like, get I always of think that. I'm trying, I don't know why, but it, it just never left my, my brain. Right. So I, right. I decided to go back to New York. So I went back and I, I was staying with my, my cousin and house full of people. I'm the only one without the last name. I feel kind of isolated in a way. So I was like, you know what? And then my cousin from New York, uh, L.A., I'm sorry, well, from Detroit, but they all had moved to L.A. So they was all begging me to come, but my mother was like, nah, because they be gangbanging and killing, but I'm like, they kill out here. So Right, Detroit. right. It so don't I'm even like, matter. What'd you say? They ain't no different. <laughs> Just no, the weather. Ain't no difference, really. It seems more <laughs> right. organized out there. Like, they know who they're killing versus they just kill anybody in Detroit. So, make a long story short, uh, I just went back to L.A. I went to L.A. my first time. 
Uh, I got arrested my first day there. First time I ever went to jail was second to real jail. Yeah, that was your red flag right there, Frank. It was, but something. Yeah. Like nah, I can't yeah. go back to Detroit though. I can't uh-huh. go back to Detroit. Like I don't care what's happening. I can't. So on my way, so this is a funny ass story. So on my way uh, to Detroit, I'm trying to fuck everybody that. I mean, when I'm leaving Detroit, I'm in Detroit leaving to go to L.A. So I, I decided I got this whole week. So I'm trying to sleep with everybody I can. I'm trying to do all the crazy shit. I'm I'm planning on never, ever coming back to Detroit. So whatever happens, happens. So this girl, she was a waitress uh, at one of the clubs. I can't, I will never remember her name. But we're, we're uh, she's driving me to the airport. I take my bags. I don't get a chance to sleep with her because everything's going so fast. So she drops me off. She parks as I'm getting my ticket, getting on the plane and checking in and all that. She goes up to the stewardess. She writes a note for me and goes up to the stewardess and gives it to her. When the stewardess opened up the note, this girl wrote, good luck, Spank. I know you about to blow that shit up. And you know that I got arrested because they thought she was talking about blowing up the fucking plane. Oh, my God. They thought she was talking about literally blowing some shit up. I swear to God. Even (laughs) all the black people. I swear this is a real story. So I'm in jail, and I'm trying to talk to black people, the black officers. Like, look, bro, you know when a motherfucker say, I'm going to blow that shit up. I'm bother. No, we don't know what you're saying. Nobody knew what the fuck. That was said, so 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 that was. Oh my God, that is crazy! I'm telling you, I'm telling you. And you think, okay, they'd be like, okay, comedy club. He a comedian. I get it. You talking about he about to blow that club up? That means it's like he about to make everybody laugh in there. Yeah, but I wasn't known then. I hadn't did no TV. I hadn't did nothing. I had barely had an act. Oh, so they all was like, nigga, you ain't doing nothing. You just a regular. What you mean, blowing this shit up? (laughs) You ain't funny, nigga. <laughs> right. Like, what the fuck you mean about the blow it up? Right. Like, that's crazy. Okay, so go ahead. So the, so the girl got bailed me out of jail, and I got back on the plane and still got to L.A. Same thing. <laughs> but it was nighttime. So I get there. <laughs> as soon as I get there, I see Tupac. Oh, the same day. I'm talking about the same Day. I'm talking about I hadn't been in L.A. an hour. And you bump into Tupac. And I see Tupac. And I'm with Tommy Chung. Shout out Tommy Chung. Also funny. He was yeah, Tommy nice. Chung is funny. I haven't had the pleasure of meeting him yet, but he is very funny. Yeah, that's my big brother. And he had, he was already in L.A., so he came and got me from the airport. So as as we ride, he's taking me to Roscoe's for the first time. So So it's like, so when we get Carrasco's are near it. We had a red light, and I look over and I see somebody that I know. I know this motherfucker, but I'm like, where I know this dude from? Then I look again and was like, hold up, that's Tupac. And then I was trying not to go crazy, but I started going a little. I fanned out on him a little bit. And then I mean, you Tommy can't Trump, help but to fan out on Tupac. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, and hit him up was like brand new. Was like three days old. So. This is the Tupac you want to meet. If you're right, this, exactly, exactly. You, you like real saying? fan. Right? <laughs> I Man, I'm like, dog, you crazy for that. I'm talking to him like I knew him forever. Right. And, um, 
So and then but Tommy Turner was driving and he actually knew Tupac, so he was talking to him. So I was like, Wow. I was amazed. Right now you right, mind blown for real. Like totally mind blown. Right. And then and then uh so that night, whatever happened, we had fun. I'm having fun. I'm in LA. I'm like, damn, I don't I'm not in Detroit. I saw Sean Penn like the second day. I gave him a cigarette. That's when I was smoking cigarettes. And uh, I was just seeing all of these people like, wow, I really feel like I belong here. Right. And then, um, and then Thomas, Ward, uh, Thomas Ward, he's another East Side Detroit comedian, uh, been out in L.A. forever. Uh, so he was the doorman at Comedy Store. So he invited me to the Comedy Store. That night, I saw Tommy Davidson working out something for a special at and then that's when I noticed that Comedy Store had three rooms. Like, what the fuck? Like, I followed him. I saw him in one room, then I went to the next room, then I went upstairs. To the, I was like, wow. Like, you could do comedy, three sets of comedy in one building? Like, right. get out of here. I was like, I got to I gotta be here. I got to be here. Right. I got to be here. <laughs> got to be, be here. here. Right. And then, and then another blessing I had that a lot of Detroit people were in L.A. when I moved mm-hmm. to L.A. Okay. So, so Keith Washington is is like my big bro. I call him uh, brother uncle. So he's okay. like my uncle and my okay. big brother. Brother uncle. Okay. Yeah. So it's like so he he was doing his thing, of course, around that time. So he took me shopping, took me on Melrose, showed me how Melrose works and Sunset and how Hollywood is and. You know, it, and it's crazy. And so then he took me back to the comedy store on Fat Tuesday, and Guy Tory, shout out Guy Tory, was hosting at that time. And and Ricky Harris, rest in peace, Ricky Harris was on stage. Ricky Harris and, uh, was very, very funny. Man, I love Ricky Harris. I used yeah, to call him Yoda. Yeah, he was very funny. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah Joe Tory, I, I met him, like, way before comedy was even a thought for me. I was young and fine back then. It was my Halle Berry. I had my little Halle Berry haircut. And mm-hmm. I, I introduced myself. I was like, hey, my name is Danielle Redwine. And he was like, Redwine, Redwine, what you drinking, Mad Dog 2020 or some shit? <laughs> he said something <laughs> to me. <laughs> I was like, dang, like, no, nah, that's my real name. <laughs> no, no he, he's a jerk, but that's my brother, though. But he's okay, yeah. Yeah, that was that was years ago. Yeah. He came to Grand Rapids and did. Uh, he had a show here in Grand Rapids. I can't remember who he was here with. That was way. That was like twenty plus years ago. Uh, Maybe yeah, even thirty yeah. years ago. Shit. Yeah. Shout out to Joe. Yeah. But, but yeah. So so she took me to the con. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, the comedy store. Yeah. yeah. She watched it. Took me to the comedy store, and uh, paid Guy Tory to let me go on stage after the show, after the show was over. But oh, that's dope. Yeah, but but what motherfuckers don't get it is I used to have to go up after downtown Tommy Brown for years. My first three, three, four years of comedy, I was following downtown Tony Brown at Beach Comedy Kitchen. So to me, right. out of all the comedians I ever seen in my life, there's nobody that was funnier than downtown Tony Brown, and, right. and nobody right. had the material like now. That downtown Tony Brown had so much material you could steal. Like the whole show, every comedian would steal a joke from downtown Tony Brown. He would still do it, and still like nobody was doper than downtown Tony Brown. But anyway, so so uh, and rest in peace, downtown Tony Brown. But uh, not so downtown Tony Brown. Rest in peace, Ricky Harris. 
and with and um, yeah, and with yeah, Yo. yeah. Downtown Tony Brown did pass away because you know what? I remember that I was supposed to do a show with him. That's Downtown Tony Brown was the, I I never forget his joke about the teeth falling out. Oh and yeah, man. Listen, downtown Tony Brown was just a natural. I thought you were talking about Tony Roney for a minute. That oh, downtown, Tony downtown Tony Brown is naturally funny. I feel like everything that came out of his mouth was funny. And and we would work downtown Tony. He was the only house headliner in comedy history. That's crazy. At a comedy club. Like, if you worked at B's Comedy Kitchen, you was a middle. It was only hiring hosts and middles. Right. Downtown Tony Brown was going to close the show. I remember D.L. Hughley got booked for B's Comedy Kitchen, and downtown Tony Brown closed the show. Closed the show. So I, I remember that. Wow. So Hope Flood, I remember Hope Flood came to Detroit. That's how I met her. That's, that's my sister. That's how we yeah, met Yeah, actually, I've heard her name a few. We've got mutual friends, like real close mutual friends. But okay. I haven't met her yet, but we have mutual friends. Yeah, that, that's because I was told to link up with her when next time I go back to California. Definitely, and that that's where I went to live when I first got to California. I lived with Hope Flood. Okay, okay. Yeah, and then and then you know then I progressed. But but uh, back to that story, uh, you know, I they put me on. Uh, I did my thing. Fresh out of Detroit, hunger, uh, straight seven mile and Evergreen style. Like, right and and um I got a standing ovation and right got that ob man first time ever in L A standing ovation first show in L A right standing ovation so I was the talk of the town but so here's the here was the meltdown of all of that Missy Stewart rest in peace the owner of the comedy store Paulie Stewart's mom in the audience walked right up to me and said I want you to be a regular. At my so I didn't even know what she was saying. <laughs> you couldn't understand her. No, I did. Because you know, after you get off stage, you're just kind of there. You're not listening to people. Only thing you can really hear is people saying "good show," and you be like, "Thank you." That's really all you can say. Oh, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. That's all. Like, like after you get off stage, hype. You feel like hype. Right. So I didn't really understand what she was saying. I just knew that she was kind of happy. So then Thomas Ward came up to me and said, "Nigga, you a you a paid regular at the comedy store, nigga." I said, "I am." He said, "That's what she just said." So the moral of the story is: is before a week of being in LA, I became a paid regular at the comedy store. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how that's, I make money. That's dope. That's dope. Like I just being a comedian. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm just thinking about that whole thought process of how you feeling and what you're going through. That had to be like almost like an out of body experience. I'm telling you. I'm you know what I mean? You. Like you are just like I can't even believe that I'm where I'm at. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like it all kind of just happened, and then and then I started doing extra work, uh, and that's how I got the TV. So I was doing okay. uh, Steve Harvey's show. The first day of Steve Harvey show, I got fired. Uh, <laughs> what do you get fired? <laughs> I know it's, it's so weird. How you get fired on your first day? <laughs> uh, okay, what happens, Frank? 
So I'm walking past Lily. Go in there. Go in there, Lily. Go in there. Uh, so I'm walking past. They're showing him two pair of shoes, and one of them is Gator. And one of them is Gator. It's Gators, okay. So I walk past. I hear the man say, you want these or you want those? And I walk past and I pointed. I said, you should take these. But I kept walking. And I know I don't know him, but, but I was just like, you should take these. He started cussing me out. Little young motherfucker, how the fuck is you going to tell Steve Harvey how to drink? I said, because I'm fucking straight, man. You don't got gators on. You don't got shit on. But I'm still trying to walk away. Right. Big dude, I guess that was his bodyguard at the time. Like, yeah, man, he was from Detroit. He said, yeah, young fella got a point there. You know, and the key is you ain't talking no your, your volume went out. Did you cover your, your speaker sound? Oh, okay, can you hear me now? Yep, I can hear you now. Uh, the, the guy that was standing next to him said, yeah, my man, uh, young fella got a point there. If you ain't got no gators on, you really ain't got nothing on in Detroit. So they fired me. Uh, and then the next day, I was on Moesha. Uh-huh. That was, that was more of my speed. Right. You know, you know it, was, it was more, it was, it was kid actors there. And then, and then uh, uh, what's my man's name? He died uh, of Steve Harvey. Uh uh, Merlin, Merlin Santana, rest in peace. He he used to stay in the projects right next to mine in New York, so I knew him already. Okay. So you know what I'm saying. So he died, uh, and then um, I went to Moise. Anyway, I went to Moise Pizza, and then I got good friends with uh, Lamont Bentley, who died of Moise. So okay. then I used to question myself, like, damn, like all these actors is dying. Like, I want to be this, like. Right. I just felt like, you know, it just felt in L.A. The vibe okay, was so, off. The vibe right. was off. So, so I put it this way. In Detroit, here's the difference. Here's the difference that I was seeing. In Detroit, they saw a murder. Somebody got murdered on six miles, something, something, something. They show the place. They might show the store he was in front of. They might show this. Very, very non-graphic. But in L.A., they show the person. You can see blood. You see blood on the floor. You see, it's very graphic. So I was right. like, wow, like, this is different. This is different, like, yeah. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it was just a whole different vibe altogether. So, you know, but I got used to it. And, right. and then I fell in love with it. And uh, and then I just kept doing, I just kept doing extra work. And I just kept doing stuff somebody said to Ice Cube. Actually, I can't say somebody. To Ice Cube, see me, I was doing extra work on Players Club. And it was the scene where everybody was getting their cap and gowns. Mm-hmm. And I'm hyped like a motherfucker. And they was like, cut. They was like, why are you so happy? I was like, because, nigga, I ain't graduate from high, from college? The fuck is what? You know what I'm saying? So Ice Cube said, no, no, no. I got something better for you. So he puts me in the strip club scene. So in Players Club, if you never noticed me in that movie, now that I've told you, all you got to do is look at the strip club scenes and you will see me every single time. But if I don't tell you... You know what? Me. Was you... Now that you say that, was you in the scene where um, 
where Luke came in and all the boy, all the dudes was in the room with the girls? No, I was I was only in the strip club. Like every time the strip club, they showed the strip. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Luke did come in the strip club that time. Luke but, came in the strip club, and yeah, it was I like think, a rope. I could have swore I saw a couple familiar faces, but it was a flash. I right, couldn't. But, you know what I'm saying? You you need yeah. longer time to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, it, now I, I probably was, but I know. Like I thought it might have been little. I thought I might have saw a little Duval too. No, I, that was a little bit before a little Duval time. Just a little bit. Well, maybe he okay. was doing this thing in Florida. Okay. But, but okay. he wasn't in L.A. then. Okay. Okay. Uh, but uh, but uh, so kept now doing... I'm gonna watch it again. I'm gonna watch it again so I can yeah. see all the things. Yeah. And then shout out to Ice Cube because Ice Cube took me to SAG and paid for my SAG because he said if I don't use you in this movie, I'm gonna use you in another movie. It never happened, but he did pay for my SAG for me to be in the SAG union. That's so what's Yeah, I'm I'm always uh, indebted to to him because of that. Like yeah, Ice, I just, Ice Cube is a solid dude. Let me just yeah. say that he's yeah. he's solid. You know, you can he call it as he sees it. You know, he does right by his people, and he not he not out here bowing down to nobody. Right. You know, first of all, that's Ice Cube. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, so you know, so that was happening. A lot of good things, and then um, then I met Nick Cannon, mm-hmm. and then you know, and then we were. He was too young to go in the club, so I would be the guy in the, you know, like in the kitchen waiting, you know, because, like, he couldn't be around alcohol. So I would wait with him and just kick it with him, and that's how we got to know each other. And then he would come from San Diego. His first manager was an Arab guy from Detroit named Sam. So that's how we hooked up, really, because of the Detroit thing. Detroit is powerful, people. It Uh, is. Detroit is, is, I look, Detroit is is like a a second comedy home for me because Detroit made me a lot better comedian. Yeah, because they're not going to play with you. No, they're not going to play. And then, you know, these are all Chrysler workers. These niggas with cuts in their hands laughing. Right. And the fingers cut off. Right. You know, yeah, yeah, you know. The girls there with their work husband and all kind of, like, it's all kind of tough shit going around in Detroit. So Mm, you got to be real funny. So, they got um, a room in Detroit. They'll start shaking their keys at you. They don't like you. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Get off the stage. <laughs> listen, that, that started at a club called Coco's. Shout out to Coco. Yeah, uh-huh. Ma- get off fact, the stage. <laughs> ma- matter of fact, me and Coco started the same day for comedy. We was on the same show the same day. We was the first two. This is first time. Shout out, shout out to time. Coco. I love Coco. Shout out to Coco. I love Coco, man. I'm, man come on. Coco, my yeah. day one. Coco, yeah, Mike, Coco, yeah. Coco, Coco Mike Bonner. Yeah. Uh, See, I don't really know one. Mike Bonner that, that well. I never, Mike I Bonner think I've met him maybe once. But I didn't really Mike know Mike Bonner's him. the king. Mike Bonner's okay. the king. Man. Well, I know yeah. he is a Detroit for sure. Oh, he is around the world. He's yeah, just, him and Howie. Howie I love Dell. Howie. I done met Howie a say, few times. Howie crazy yeah, as hell. Me and Howie got toe up, was blew out. He is so fun. Let me just tell you, Howie is so fun to hang out with. Me and him was dying laughing until like 4 o'clock in the morning, toe up um, <laughs> at a studio probably like four years ago. Yeah. But, um, yeah, some good people in Detroit, for real. 
Yeah, the, now Howie, that's a that's a subject right there. Howie was, of course, as you know, with the world. Your phone going out again. Oh shit! Okay, so that's Tony Roney's brother. We all know. So I didn't know that. You didn't know that Howie Bell was Tony Roney's brother. No, blood brother? Yes. No, I did not know that. They got different mothers, but they got the same father. Oh wow! And Tony Roney nope, looks just like their father. But Howie is starting to look like their father. So it's like, it's, it's crazy. But anyway, so I was I would hang around Howie when he was in college. And he would come home from college. And he okay. would tell me, I want to be a comedian. And I'd be like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you how to be a comedian. So so while he started getting it, when I moved to L.A., I was out there for about three months, and I came back home to come get Howie and Joe Blunt, so so we can do the other level. Like uh, that was our, uh, we'll get to that. But but I needed them because we were in a, in a group. We was in right. an improv group, so I needed them because I was making traction, and I needed T. War was already out there. I'm out there making traction, so it's like, come on, Howie, come on, Joe, like come on, we can do something right quick. Right. I went. I went back to get them. So it's like, Howie, you gonna you gonna be something, bro. You're not gonna stop, Lily. Be quiet. You're, yeah. you're not gonna be in Detroit your whole life. You're not gonna be. We used to call it, you know, rest in peace, Tony, downtown Tony Brown. But we used to call we used to call each other Tony Brown because Tony Brown would never go nowhere. Right. So we'd be like, you can't be Tony Kool Aid. Rest in peace, Kool Aid. I used to call him downtown Tony Brown Jr. Right, Kool Aid loved Detroit though. He did. Well, we all do, but yeah, Kool Aid yep. right. just didn't. Wow, that's a whole other story. But yeah, Kool Aid, Kool Aid was a good dude too. Oh yeah, that was my man. Kool Aid, he cussed me out because um, I bombed on stage, but you know, it was it was like, it was terrible. I was new. You know what I'm saying? It was terrible. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay, but. But you know, but that's yeah, one of my Kool- first friends. Uh, yeah, Kool Aid was a good dude. Me, Kool Aid, and Tony Roberts were all roommates, and that was, and Tony Roberts was our big brother. So Tony Roberts, was, I just saw him at the Cat Williams. He on the Cat Williams run right now. Yeah, yeah, me too. I was on there too, but I just okay, yeah, I didn't see one. you when you were here. Yep, you wasn't yeah, on that I, run. I think you was in Vegas during that time. Yeah, because I don't really like doing shows in Detroit because I know too many people. No, this was in Grand Rapids. Oh, I definitely didn't come to that one. I definitely no, didn't you come didn't to come that. to Grand Rapids. Mm-mm. No, I definitely. That's didn't the come show I'm that. talking about. Yeah, yeah. I, I I only went to Detroit for comedy. I, okay. I don't, you know, I never like lived there or anything. I was there for a run last year around this time to try to see if I wanted to live down there, but things didn't work out, you know, the way that I wanted them to. So I'm back home, but Grand Rapids is home for me. Okay. You know, Detroit. Detroit is like you know, like I said, Detroit kind of toughing me up on the stage but I will always be be endeared to Detroit there's so much talent there so many good people there um yeah I I got mad love for Detroit but yeah so I did not know that that's what that's a new fact for me I did not know that Howie Bell and Tony Roney was brothers that's crazy yeah yeah they were they they got two totally different vibes too they do they do yeah they do but when they're together you can see it but um so yeah, so we we came. I went to go get Howie, and uh, Howie's doing well. Uh, Howie lived in L.A. for about 
seven, eight years, I want to say, maybe 10. Yeah. Uh, and then he moved back. I remember when I helped him move back to Detroit. Yeah. I, re- yeah. I remember when I came to Detroit to Howie's house when he moved back. Cause, right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, uh, yeah, man, Howie's like, my brother, like that's my that's my brother, like really, really my brother, like that's dope. Tell the ass, like like yeah, really, like, yeah, that's dope. I love Howie Bell. I just love his spirit. Um, he got a, he got a good vibe, and like I said, he is just fun to hang out. He's fun to be around. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. you know, and there's a lot of people in Detroit like that. You know, yeah. a lot of people just have that good home down, good feel. You know. Yeah, yeah. We, and Chicago, we so I can say Chicago is the same way because I got a lot of love for Chicago as well. I got love for Chicago too. Uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, so you know what? You don't. We don't talk. We don't talk. I done lost track of time because we. This conversation has been bomb. So, but we're gonna go to a break for the listeners. We're gonna play a few songs, and then we're gonna come back because I want to get into your Wild and Out story and how you got into Wild and Out. Okay. Okay. Cool. So, cool. so yeah. So I'm a, I'm gonna put you on hold, Spank, and I'm gonna uh, let the listeners uh, hear them some music, and we will be right back. Uh, look up, there's me, and may I like you, yeah, uh, they in love with me now, in love with my style, they say I get down, I'm throwing a crown, go Norman Town, they know my sound, go roll up a pound, I'm holding shit down, I'm focusing nigga, everyone seems to be noticing nigga, not writing no statements, just poetry nigga, I can't be complacent, I'm growing, I'm bigger, I know I'm that nigga, they in love with me now, in love with my style, they say I get down, I'm throwing a crown, go Norman Town, they know my sound, go roll up a pound, I'm holding shit down, I'm focusing nigga, everyone seems to be noticing nigga, not writing no statements, just poetry nigga, I can't be complacent, I'm growing, I'm bigger, I know I'm that nigga, they see my Potential, wait and they see it's official. Play me, you'll meet with my pistol. Issue, cutting deep words like a Gensu. Gensu, pay more precision, won't miss you. Flinch, like your bitch, she about to kiss you. After, blue on her stomach like Crips do. I win and I'm running that wrist too. You win and I'm coming to get you. They fear my rise like I'm Christ. Blowing as high as a kite. Yeah, lost and they try to say might. Yeah, offer a pie and a bite. Uh-huh. Humbling niggas, no fight. Uh-huh. You mumbling niggas, I. Uh-huh. I'm coming up, I'ma take flight. I'm something they want cause I write. In love with me now, in love with my style, they say I get down. I'm throwing a crown, go Norman Town. They know my sound, go roll up a pound. I'm holding shit down, I'm focusing nigga. Everyone seems to be noticing nigga. Not writing no statements, just poetry nigga. I can't be complacent, I'm growing, I'm bigger. I know I'm that nigga. In love with me now, in love with my style, they say I get down. I'm throwing the crown, go Norman Town, they know my sound, go roll up a pound, I'm holding shit down, I'm focusing nigga, everyone seems to be noticing nigga, not writing no statements, just poetry nigga, I can't be complacent, I'm growing, I'm bigger, I know I'm that nigga. Words on hot field, 
See, I might not be perfect, but I be trying still. I be writing in cursive the way my rhyme is filled. How my words compile this ill. They try to measure up, but limits is low. Throwing water on a dead plant, wishing it grow. See, there's God in everybody, they just live in a post. See, the grind's in everybody, you should give it a go. You gotta work for yours, yeah, everybody gotta search for more. When you work for it, then yes, of course it's yours. Or shut it down, no source of words. I noticed lately that to me, the city's showing more support. We love to see it, unlike a divorce in court. Coming up, my course is north. They don't want it, but with me, inertia's force. Go back, we back, they weren't the noise. You'll find me in my mother's store, made for this before source. Couple years from now, I have an orange Porsche. I'll be like a Jordan tour. I'll take those trips across the globe. Uh, but wanna go where God is thrown. Uh, I'm just warming up, I'm like a stove. Yeah, and I'll put the heat right to your dome. Cooking till my lyrics know. I'll take those trips across the globe. Uh, but wanna go where God is thrown. Uh, I'm just warming up, I'm like a stove. Yeah, and I'll put the heat right to your dome, cooking till my lyrics known. I got that J flow, holler at J. Cole and tell him I'm different. No main, no, ain't nowhere I can't go. My range pro don't aim low, stains go, don't blame no. We're stuck in 12 and when we got away, we finna change clothes. I am on a level these other niggas can't manifest. Only God can judge me, the only being that can attest to everything I did. So you niggas capping can stand depressed. Niggas mad as fuck because they lacking and I am the best. I'ma talk me if you lose a fight, you getting whooped at home. Took a couple L's and at some time. I probably took it wrong, I should've known Underneath your lip is where I put the chrome Concealing angels, but I look alone My written crooked poems Fuck relationships, creating major dips And what I came to get, my name will stick I make the greatest hits, I'm following flagrant With this paper, it's a flag I wave to get these reps to play my shit It takes a brazen pin to peak But hey, I'm I made those trips across the globe Uh, but wanna go where God is thrown Uh, I'm just warming up, I'm like a stove Yeah, and I'll put the heat right to your dome Cooking till my lyrics know I'll take those trips across the globe uh, but wanna go where God is thrown. Uh, I'm just warming up, I'm like a stove. Yeah, and I'll put the heat right to your dome, cooking till my lyrics know. Part me to owe me the charts with the hits. Thoughts won't fold these parts. 
Now it's a blow, no kill arsenic spit. People always talk, but they don't know, they don't know. Whooping about shit, they never know, never know. All I did is back, yeah, I was chose, I was chose. From the concrete, I done grew a rose. And we are back. This is CRS Radio Show, Comedy Chat with your girl, Danny Redwine. You just heard three songs of the artists that we are featuring right now as an independent artist. That is Malik Jordan. You heard uh, the first joint was Now, the second joint was Declaration, and that third joint was Concrete. You can find uh, Malik Jordan on all streaming musical platforms. So go check him out. Go follow him. He is super dope. He is local. He is independent. And he is Grand Rapids' finest. And we are going to be coming back to the show with my boy Spanky Hayes. You still there with me, Spanky? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right here. Hey, all right. We are back. And we were talking about <clears throat> we were talking about your uh, your journey. And, you know, yep. some of the people kind of mentoring you along the way and some of the people that you have mentored along the way. Now, tell uh, some of the viewers, how did you get into um, the Wild and Out brand? Well, uh, that's a kind of long story, but I, I'll, I'll go right into it. Okay. It, it was, uh, well, it was a group called The Other Level that was from Detroit. Uh, how we did Hold on one second. Okay. Okay, so Holly Bell, uh, myself, Joe Blunt, uh, Thomas Ward, Tony Roberts. We were the other level. We are the other level. Uh, we were a sketch comedy group that basically performed Wild and Out on stage. We, it just wasn't called Wild and Out. So we would rap, we would do skits, we would make songs, we would write on the spot. You could look it all up, the other level. We came out around 2000. Okay. While it now came out 2005. So in those four years, we were tearing L.A. up. We had a few deals, one with Will Smith that fell through, uh, you know, and then me and Nick started hanging out. And I started kind of mentoring him. Mm-hmm. So he got a deal. And when he was shooting uh, Roll Bounce, that was in Chicago, he flew me out there to discuss with me, you know, let's do Wild and Out. And I was like, okay, but what is Wild and Out? And he basically said, the same show that y'all do. And I was like, okay. I was like, so is all of us on it? And he was like, no, I can't put all of y'all on it, but I can put you on it. I said, okay, that's cool, but they ain't going to get an audition or nothing. Right. And he was like, well, we can see what we can do later, but right now, no, only you. That's how Wildin' Out began. Uh, uh, okay. It was on the backs of... Uh, Detroit guys. Wow. I, I believe it. I believe it. 
Definitely, I, I, would, I wouldn't lie about think, it. I can get through. I think a lot of I think a lot of stuff has been taken from Detroit talent. Yeah, Detroit yeah. don't get Detroit get the respect, but they don't get the respect. If you well, feel it's, what I'm saying. Well, because Detroit don't want to leave, they think Detroit is the whole world, and it's not. Like, it's and I know not. I'm going off the subject but a little bit, but I'm, say, I'm gonna get... thank you. You can't dispute the fact that you can safely say you can be a, you can become a working comedian in Detroit. You can, but you can't be a star. You won't be a. You might not be a. Star. You can be a Detroit star. But what's that? Right, but what I'm saying to what I what I'm saying to that is that there are people that are content with just being the Detroit star. You understand that's, what I'm saying? Yeah, but that's uh that's lessening the shit. It, it is. But, 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 it is. But, but I, I guess I, if you never had the opportunity, successfully, right? But there are people that have done it successfully, so they feel like there's a you can do that. You know what I mean? Like it's only other people that have the the, the mindset of living outside of where they're from. But I've learned from coming from Grand Rapids, I am really like the only person in my circle here in the town that goes out of town. Like the comics don't always go out of town here. I'm really the only one that really don't do rooms here because I do rooms out of town. You know what I mean? Like I'm not right. staying in Grand Rapids, but right. I don't live, I'm, I haven't moved anywhere big yet. You know what I'm saying? So. I'm looking to do that. New York is, is screaming at me, but, you know, I'm, I got to move at the right time, though. But, you know, some people are cool with that. I'm not cool with it because they don't pay me enough in Grand Rapids. You know, Grand Rapids just, you know. Yeah, I get it. Like, you, to be a comedian, you got to be all over the place. Exactly. You have to be all over the place. Yeah. Right. Oh, and you know. In Detroit, you don't have to be all over the place. That's my whole point is that. You know, you can become pretty successful and make decent money as a comic in Detroit if you if you book these big rooms. If you have a if you have an agent that's got you booked at all the rooms in Detroit, you're making decent money. Yeah, but you only can do them just like really once, maybe twice a year. If you're gonna do the rest of the time, exactly. But that's the that's their mindset. That's why I'm just right. trying to separate the two. There's two, there's there's two different type type of people. You know what I'm saying? No, no doubt about it. No there's people that it. eat chocolate. But, there's but, people but, that but eat I ice do. cream. But then you have those individuals that eat the twist. You know yeah, what I'm I saying? Like, <laughs> right. But but then to your point, you can <clears throat> you can stay in Detroit and and make a good comedy live. But the only thing is. You're just there, and no one's coming there to find you. Right. No one's coming there to discover you because right. it's never you. And that's They're why not- I'm saying Detroit. I feel like Detroit gets slighted on talent because that's that's the undercut for me. Like I feel like people respect Detroit, but they don't come to Detroit to look for talent because talent is clearly there. Well, it's because they grow arrogant. It's like once you get used to something, then you get in, then it's there. Have to have it, so it's like an arrogance there to be stuck there in Detroit and only do Detroit. You kind of get arrogant okay. in Detroit, like okay, like I, no I can, to, you know what I mean by that? Like yeah, it's, like I, it's I, nothing, I it's nothing good to be the king of Detroit of comedy. That's not a good that to me. That's not a good title to have, like because it's so local. Like why would you want to be local? And then and then prove it. So and now now here's the thing. So back to me for a second. 
the reason why I moved from Detroit because I figured I could never be an actor, like a respected actor, right? So I moved to L.A., New York and L.A. So now they do Tubi movies in Detroit. And to me, the Tubi movies, are, and I've been in some, so I can't say that. <laughs> I wasn't going to say nothing. Look. <laughs> but I, I'm not going to say they're bad like that, but they are a little bad. They're not Hollywood respected. And and then now people who work at Chrysler in Detroit get do their eight-hour shift, and then now they're a superstar when they go outside because they've been on a Tubi movie. So my point of even bringing Tubi movies up is is Michigan, and y'all got y'all got it to work. Detroit and Michigan period got it to work. These Tubi movies will not make you a solidified actor. Oh, absolutely not. Real actors look at Tubi movies like, nigga, what the fuck are y'all doing? Like, these are literally regular niggas being actors. So right. how do you think Denzel feel about that? How do you think uh, Larry Fishburne feel about that? How do you think you, you feel me? Like, how, like come on, like no, that's that's not it. So to me, that's like just a game that they're playing to make the 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 celebrities from Detroit, which there ain't no celebrities in Detroit, and I hate to say that, but it ain't none. Right. None. If you're in right. Detroit still and you're and your career is based off of Detroit. You're not a celebrity. Now, YouTube, YouTube and, and, and uh, Instagram were made for people in Detroit because the people that I look on Instagram are from Detroit because I feel like they capitalized the best off of it. Uh, uh, yeah, because Detroit Pop- does support. So Detroit does support uh, their, their comedians yeah. and their entertainers. Yeah, like Jack Clapper-Jew. He's one of my favorite Instagram people. Uh, been that way for a long time from Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know I didn't know him at first. I've seen him on Instagram. Then I met him in Detroit. Like, oh man, I fuck with those shit. Ha ha Davis, that's another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, and these guys are dope. Like, I'm not right. I'm not trying to take nothing away from them. Right. I'm just I'm just saying if they if they're listening, I want to say to them, you gotta move. Like that's a comfort zone. That's only a boxing gym. Like, you could spar with everybody in that gym and still not be a champion. Jackpot Juice and Ha-Ha was out of Detroit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they got to. Jay Will, comic Jay Will. Brilliant. Yeah, Jay Will. Brilliant motherfucker. But But he's in Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. Jay Will from uh, Jay Will should not be in Detroit. That's one person I, I could say I should not be in Detroit. Every time I talk to him, I tell him that, man. Will you get the fuck away from here? Like, what are you doing? He get out of Detroit for real. He definitely could make it in L.A. and do well. But but it's an age thing, too. So yeah. People, people to age out. And see, that's where Detroit gets back popular. Because now it, it's, three, it's two times in this to me. So at the beginning of your career, wherever you are, you got to take full advantage of that. You know, Detroit really don't let you do that. Not really, because there's so many of them, so many other comedians. So then, then you get up, go on the road. At that point in time, I feel you should be trying to move wherever you're from, comfort, and and that's where the magic is, right there. So if you let that, both, and you're older, now you're 38, 
And that that's kind of old for Hollywood. They know you already. Right. You know what I mean? Not not actor-wise, comedian-wise. I mean, yeah. You, you know, know it's, I mean? so, yeah, and it's messed up though. You know what I mean? Like it's it's messed up because it's enough money out here for everybody. I still even recession, COVID, all that is still money out here. Yeah, and it's it's, more money, right? And there's multiple ways of making money in this game. You yeah. know, you, you don't see people, you know, doing tours and runs or nothing like you used to see them pre-COVID. Like, well, and then, and then that's another thing about black. Now we gotta go black and white. Black mm-hmm. comedians don't let other black comedians shine. Yeah, they don't do that. White comedians will put all the best white comedians on one tour. I'm sure will. Black comedians is gonna be one star and three locals and the opening act. Right. It's because they won't. Cat Williams is the only person that I know that will let you shine. Because yeah. he's already signed. He's already yeah. signed. Yeah. And, and, and it's Cat not Williams. a lot of people with that example. It's not a lot of shiners in this game. Right. right like, it's just, it's just not. But right. Pat Williams is definitely one of them. Absolutely. You know, that's I mean, that's he brother. had his line. His lineup was crazy. But I tell you what, I I enjoyed that show. I enjoyed everybody that was on that show. Yeah. Yeah, because that's, that's what he's going to do. And then he hosted it. Believe it or not, that was my idea to tell him, start hosting tours, stop headlining, start hosting. Yeah. And then you could get more, then you get two, three years out of that and then go back headlining. Yeah. So, you know, but, yeah. so, so yeah, it's just, it's, it's a tricky game. Uh, and then again, I, of people, this is just one opinion. I just happen to do so much in the game. That, that I'm opinionated because I've done it. Like, I, I couldn't listen to people. Like, I stopped listening to rap because I couldn't hear people talk about how rich they are, and I don't even know them. Bro. They don't even look rich. They don't even, it's all a fucking facade. So, right. Like, once you're woke and, and know that it's a facade, you got to do something damn too. Yeah. So yeah. it's like that's that's why the local thing is kind of, you know, I don't know. I, I never wanted. I never just saw myself local, and then even in New York, I didn't want to be local. Yeah, I you feel you. Because New York is better to me when you go three months and leave. Go there for about three months, go all every room they got to offer, and then leave. I'm glad you like said that. Take that advice. Because, yeah. I, you know, I feel like there's so many different places. I can't decide on where I want to live because I wouldn't mind living a few different places for a few months. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I, that's what I would do for New York. I love New York. Uh, New York is my first home. Uh, man, New York, man, thank you. New York is so dope. New York is so dope. And not only that, like, I went down there to go to the Rock the Bells concert, and I only had one show. I was doing the show. Uh, for my boy, uh, shout out to Ishmael Gaylord. Um, shout out to him. I did a room for him in Harlem, and he hooked me up with another room. I just was like, fuck it, I'm about to go down to the cellar. I'm just about to sit in the cafe, the olive tree, and have me a drink. Sat in there, met me a couple of people, 
um, walked down the street, the Grizzly Pair, met somebody else, got two more shows. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like it's, New York is just so dope. Yeah, you know? what I love about New York is they only want you to do 15 minutes, and that's it. Yeah. If well, you, you do know, more than 15 so, minutes, sometimes they try to take the money, the little money they try to give you. Like, right. it's all about short time. I love that. Right. To me, that that's what builds a TV set. It does. You know, like, anytime I'm doing something real major, I go to New York for a month. And just right. so I can go up four times a day and get my quickness and my sharpness. Then I go to Detroit after because, you know, they Detroit is good, too, for, for toughness because you got to be quick. But right. New York wants to hear you say something that they ain't never heard you, a person say before. So they listen more. Detroit, they don't. They will listen, but New York comes to listen. Right. They do. They come for comedy. Yeah, they come to listen. See, like, Detroit, they'll have, like, uh, comedy from 9 to 12 and then party after that. So by 11 o'clock, people coming to see the party, coming to the party, they're not really concerned about the comedy. So that's where Detroit kind of falls off just a little bit, just a little bit. But they, right. but they got a lot more comedy clubs, and I'm proud of that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I got to yeah. come do some of those clubs once they up the money a little bit. But, yeah, uh, I hear that. But, right, up, yeah, up the you know money. I mean? Right. But, I know. Uh, but, yeah, but, yeah I it's, not, it's nothing like being from Detroit. I just would, uh, I just love that I made the decision to leave. Uh, you know, life ain't always been roses. But, and there's nothing wrong with you encouraging other uh comedians to get out of Detroit because yeah. I feel the same way in Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids is a small town, but there's some funny motherfuckers here. I mean, oh, mm-hmm. I should be saying that. I ain't going to scratch that out. But there's some funny MFs here. You know what I'm saying? And they really deserve, you know, some feature spots and, you know, to get outside of Grand Rapids, but, you know, they might not ever do it. Some of them don't even do comedy in, anymore. You know what I mean? It's just like they got to work to support their family. They can't they can't take the chance on not getting paid to, you know, being yeah. out in the club all the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's, that's, a, that's part of the grind. You got to be out there. Yeah, that's an acquired taste. Like As a man, for real. You got to really want that. Married. So tell me about that, thing, because I know you, you're married, you have a family, and yeah. you, you came up in this game young. Like, how much of the pressure of drugs and, and, and relationships like, what would you give advice to someone that's dating an entertainer? Because I feel like, you know, comedians aren't supposed to date comedians, and I always thought that was weird because I'm like, we we get each other. We're the only people that understand each other. It's hard to find somebody that understands the lifestyle of, of a comedian. How are you able to do that? Well, I had to uh, – well, first of all, I had – I, I know that's a loaded question, but you no, know. no, it's cool. No, it's good. <laughs> uh, but when I lived, when I was coming up in LA, I couldn't find a wife. I wasn't thinking about a wife. I was just thinking about hitting, you know, getting this girl, right. getting that girl. Living uh, so that life, right? So I only could find a baby mama. Let's just put it that way. Right. In LA, so especially once I got popular, I really could only find a baby mama. Nobody take nobody serious there because everybody's looking for the next person. So it's like, okay, now you evolved, so who's next? 
So right. they involved like who's next. So everybody's waiting for the who's next. Yeah. So you miss out you miss out a lot living that way, but that's kinda how LA is. Mm-hmm. But so I when I started coming to Vegas, uh, I met my wife. I met my she was my girl at the time, but as soon as I saw her, I told her, I'm gonna get you pregnant, I'm gonna marry you, I'm gonna and this ain't was I wasn't even being funny. I wasn't trying to I wasn't I was looking her right in the face and I was like, No, no, fuck that. And I was like, look, I got my eight <laughs> girlfriends right now. You got to give me a little time to quit all these girls, and then I'll come back to you. And then I guess I took too long. She came back to me. Okay. And so, then she said part of it was because I was honest. Yeah. You were straight up with her. Like, look, I'm living this lifestyle. This is what it is. I want you to be mine, but I'm not quite ready right now. <laughs> Right. I, I told her I don't even want to have sex with you because I want to. I want you to be mine when I'm having sex with you. Right. So I was like, I don't even want to have sex with you. None of that. Like, let's. I, I don't even want to be around you until we can be together. And then that happened. But like, not even two weeks later, if it was two weeks, we was together, and we've been together every day, mm-hmm. except for my. Uh, Gigs and when we first went, was together before we had kids, she would go everywhere with me. Okay. You know, so she's been to Detroit. She we lived in Detroit for a year. Right. So she's so she been there. We've been in New York. We've been. To, I took her everywhere, and and she's right. never been nowhere. Right. So, you know what I mean? So that was just like oh. I gave her my phone when she told me she didn't have a phone. I gave her my phone. I but said, I'm going to buy you a phone tomorrow. I'm going to call you from the number. just one of those kind of women, though, that, you know, she's not she's not an insecure woman. She just doesn't, you know what I mean? Because I feel like you have to be a secure woman to date somebody in the industry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you got to think, late night, women are always throwing themselves at you. You know what I'm saying? You're going to get told, if, if that's your thing, you're going to, delge into your vices. You're going to get drunk or you're going to smoke weed or whatever it is you do. You know what I'm saying? You're going to do that. You have to be a strong person to have to deal with that. Right. I would say. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I have, okay. I give to your wife because I probably wouldn't have been able to be that type of girlfriend. <laughs> well, well, see that. Well, well, she won. up every party. Every party would have been ruined. Right. Well, was 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 she was. Well, I'm gonna tell you how where she was winning at, and I have to tell her that you know just you know just give her confidence and just tell her like what it is. Like, look, you're younger than everybody I hang around. My my wife is like younger than me. She she just turned 31. So we've been together 11 years. So we she was 20 when I first met her. Right. 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 So I'm, so I was like, look, if I was married to somebody my age, I would be cheating on somebody your age. Not only that, you probably was getting to that place. I mean, you had been in the field for a while before you met her. You know what I mean? So you probably yeah. had been to the place or getting to that place where you were sick of that. Sh- you know what I'm saying? Like you get right. tired of that. You get yeah, tired I was, of I was that. tired of that. Yeah, you, after, somebody... after, yeah after shows, you'd be wanting to come home and get in the bed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's it. That's it. Exactly. I just wanted somebody that was, uh, you know, I'm a man, so we always think, you know, manly. I just wanted somebody pretty, somebody that was going to turn me on all yeah. the time. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But then I wanted somebody to be nice and kind and don't be arrogant about being pretty. And then I had to, you know, teach her in the beginning that being pretty only gets you so far. Legs in the air, pretty much. Absolutely. So, you know, everybody's lying to you. Nobody means what they say. Because they yeah. Well, I grew up, my mom was pretty. She, and mm-hmm. she got this big old butt. My mom always, every every man I ever seen around my mom would go crazy because he had a big butt. And then mm-hmm. I remember asking my mom, like, do you like that? And she was like, no, because I can't tell no who's real. Right. Absolutely. And see, so, my mom. My mom was the opposite. My mom is gorgeous. I mean, still to this day. My mom's last name is Miss Parker. Can you believe it? She okay. Miss Parker got a daughter named Danny Redwine. But okay. anyway, Miss Parker is fine, and I still to this day hear about how fine my mama is, and she is almost seventy years old. So okay. I get it. I've had to hear that all my life. But my mom was the opposite. She liked that attention. Okay. I grew up boy so i'm the cute girl that didn't like that attention like if a boy gave me too much attention i probably would punch him in the mouth you know what i'm saying that's how i because i was rough like that growing up but my mom she liked it you know she thought that was you know how women are supposed to feel you know desire by men you know what i'm saying well well, you know in those in those 70s and those 80s men still desired like really desired women yeah and they courted women and they courted them right Mm -hmm. so you know, so that's I get that. There's nothing wrong with that. It, it's just kind of crazy how the world changed, and now men want to be courted because women kind of bullshit more now. Women are more players now. Right, men. right. You know what I'm saying? And to me, that's nasty. If I, I mean, two people <laughs> you have sex with, you know, it's, it's 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 weird to see how the world has evolved the way it has. You know what I'm saying? Just because of you know how how free everybody is with everything. You know we, Absolutely. I, you know I grew up in the seventies and eighties and everybody everything was still low key. It was still quiet. It was right. it was okay to be in the closet. You know what I'm saying? Everybody knew, but nobody talked about it. And now right. I just feel like all this freeness has just made the world go flipping bananas with everything. Yeah, now you have to broadcast it. Now, yep. Now you have to accept it. You have now, to, now, and now, you now. have to broadcast it. Right. You yep. have to. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like. Okay, so let me let me say this. Like, I have a cousin that's homosexual. Obviously, we all do. Every right, family, we all do. We all do. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and he wants to get into business. And I was telling him, listen, if I was you, I would say that I am same sex. Nowadays, if they find out, they crucify you. Right. So it's better for you to just say you are. And just go get over it, get accepted, right? Because they accept you now, like, like, and then that's who runs Hollywood. That's who runs Hollywood. Absolutely, who runs it. You know what I mean? So, so it's like you know the J word or the the word we just the, the subject we're on, mm-hmm. or both, or the, or it could be a J word guy that. That same sex, it, it could be, you know. It, yeah, that. and That's you know, I'm all for I'm all for love who you love. You know, my my only my only stance on any of that is shit on our children. Exactly. Um, you know, that's the only problem I have with it. You yeah, know, and nowadays people don't even raise their children; they just let them figure it out. Exactly. Exactly. 
and and they shouldn't have to figure it out. When you're led by adults, you shouldn't have to figure it out. Exactly. And but adults aren't adults anymore. Uh grandmothers are fifty now. Remember grandmothers used to be sixty, seventy. Absolutely. Grandmothers are forty now. Yeah, I'm 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 a grand I'm a young grandmother. I'm forty nine. Mm-hmm. I have a year old grandbaby. But but you're you're I mean, I'm not I'm not saying this in a weird way, but I'm saying but you're you've lived, I'll say that. You've lived life. So yeah, it's okay for you to be a grandmother. My daughter was 23 when she had yeah, her birthday. You know what I'm solid. saying? That's solid. That's solid. But still, but I'm still a young grandmother. I know there's grandmothers that are in their 30s. That's what I'm trying to say. I, I, like, when I went to school, the, the people that I went to school with, they're on their, they talk about their eighth grandchild. I'm like, really? eight? Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. So, so you know. Yeah, yeah it, it happens. are different, you know. Everybody, everybody is too free, you know. These kids are confused. Everybody bisexual, right. you know. Everybody doing all kind of stuff, you know. It's just, it's like the order is just falling apart, you know. Families yeah. don't even sit at the table and have dinner anymore together. We, um, I, we still do the hazes. We do. Right. Uh, say, there are there this. are people that still do. However, you don't see that anymore. People on their no, phone. They walk to the couch in front of the TV and jump on their phone and eat. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've seen it. I've seen it so many times. Yeah, it happens. And then, and then I'm going to say to all comedians, uh, especially guy comedians, it's best to find a mate because because at the end of the day, this, this thing that we're chasing, my mom always says this to me, whatever you're chasing is running too. It's not waiting for you to catch it. Exactly. And and there's other people chasing it. So, you know what I'm saying? So it's like once you get done with that chase, you're going to want something real. Right. Absolutely. And if you've been focusing on what's not real, you're going to get lost. I had to I had to retire for eight years to have mm-hmm. the, the marriage that I had. I had to leave comedy alone. For eight years to focus on my marriage, right? And I love it because right. now I have something real. Now I'm back in in the comedy game, but I'm doing it for a different reason. See, when I was doing it, I'm trying to get I'm I'm going after Ferraris and, and Lamborghinis. I, that's the, that's what I wanted. So, Absolutely. but now I'm just to be stable and have a house and have shelter and have waffles in the morning and have diapers for my son and and, ha- and really be involved in the kids, teaching my daughter's ABCs and teaching them, you know, watch, making sure they don't watch the, the wrong YouTube. And, but, I mean, it's, this is really a job. I, I was, right. wasn't expecting to, to uh, be away from comedy eight years, but once I started having kids, I got involved in that, and that took even more time. It just right. took me to, like, be like, well, but it was the pandemic that really got me out of retirement. I said, listen, I got to make some money some kind of way. And the only way I really know how to make money without blinking is to grab a microphone. Yeah. 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 I have to grab a microphone, you know, and, and you know, and now I'm back on the road. I got a movie that came out Friday. Okay. Um, okay. Wait, wait, we're going to stop right there. We're going to stop right there. We're going to take another break. We're going to get back into everything that you get ready to do because I know you got some stuff up and coming and I want you to shout all of that out 
because this this conversation has been dope, and it's just the the time has been flying. It's time yeah, is flying in this show because we just vibing it out. So we gonna give um we gonna play a few songs, Spanky, and then we are gonna come back and we are gonna talk about what you got up and coming. Okay? okay, all right, y'all. So we are going to. Like you, check it. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh. I'm understanding us is impossible You and I the model tell a nigga colossal though It seemed improbable when I was just a toddler I don't know, but ever since I got to grow from all my seeds that I was sold They saw a hope that I would blow They cowards go to probably die so I won't The devil wanna sign for souls, I won't sign cause I know I don't need his eye, I'm blessed to have both Niggas talk behind my back trying to step on my toes Niggas lie, said they wet with stones Niggas lying about their ventures, come on I know it's speaking to existence, but overzealous it shows I know I'm about to blow, got seconds to go They reminiscing when I wept cause I choked I used to think I never Never get better below, now I breathe better from those I can be better than those, I can see better Be me better for clones, like a tea kettle I'm heat metal to stove, I'll defeat rebels When seats settled on throne, yeah I know It's not impossible, yeah I know It's not improbable I was told to stop, but not I won't, I was told to stop, but not you and yeah, I. I know it's not impossible. Yeah, I know it's not improbable. I was told to stop, but not. I won't. I was told to stop, but not. You and I. 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 Yeah. Check it. Oh. Yeah, you and I till I die I coincide, but no, I'm retrospective like golden eyes Since hope is by me, I've been on a mission, I own a pride I'm bound to make it like a bakery that some donuts might Poet defined, I'm known to go over the lines But so far from finished, I'm a Leo, so I leave without trying I ain't repeat a crime, I've been in line, so great to see me shine The latest in it, see me grind, they pay to be me fine I'm made to leave with time, the pay by speaking kind The race I sing inspires me to shake the streets of rhymes I ain't depressed, alien signs, know the future minds I can prove it's science, like a new and flying And letting loose the lion was they worst mistake Since my birth was great But I heard it late Ever since I searched for fate And found it Now I circulate They regurgitate In a nervous state Man they hurt but hey They can search like me They can search like me Yeah I know It's not impossible Yeah I know It's not improbable I was told to stop But not I won't I was told to stop But not you and yeah, I. I know it's not impossible. Yeah, I know it's not improbable. I was told to stop, but not. I won't. I was told to stop, but not. You and I. 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 You and I, it's me and you, you understand, we can make it, by any means, do anything, uh, you and I. I'm here for a reason, man, I gotta be. Died death so many times, shit, I gotta be I'm thanking God, I'm obviously a prodigy yeah. He let me read uh, another day yeah. to fulfill uh, my prophecy 
almost died a few times Been shot at, consumed lies, been brutalized and scrutinized Was boxed in like cool times, no shot till I grew wise And look back with new eyes, my young years just flew by A grown man with two lives left but life ain't no game, no Niggas in the hood killing niggas off say souls You breaking gang codes, niggas die over pesos I just lay low with my girl, A, I made that one pesos Wanna make it like a night or day, I like I had changed clothes These actors do the same shit, playing the same roles You hating on another COVID symptoms, your taste pole I do it for the love of it, like Curry and Clay Show I'm here for a reason, man, I gotta be Died there so many times, shit, I gotta be I'm thanking God, I'm obviously a prodigy He let me breathe another day to fulfill my prophecy I'm here for a reason, man, I gotta be Died there so many times, shit, I gotta be I'm thanking God, I'm obviously a prodigy He let me breathe another day to fulfill my prophecy Walked away from accidents that probably should've took my life Walked away from magnum tips that probably would've been on my eye I know I'm not invincible, no army man I'm 27, how much more pain can a body stand? Yeah, I've made a lot of plans And I'll see to them, no retreat to them, complete doing Put heat to them like seafood But at the same time, I keep cooling and dream lucid No peak to them, I teach students and keep doing What I dream of, envisioning my feet up With a million on my visa Chilling in Ibiza, controlling all the Lisa Times when I struggle Never needing any features Preach to the niggas that don't need to Take heed to the kingdom See leaders, you can be them See anybody struggling for guidance, you can lead them Anybody trying to break the chains, I bet you'll free them Was raining when I came and now we in a different season I'm here for a reason, man, I gotta be Dodged death so many times, shit, I gotta be I'm thanking God, I'm obviously a prodigy He let me breathe another day to fulfill my prophecy I'm here for a reason, man, I gotta be Dodged death so many times, shit, I gotta be I'm thanking God, I'm obviously a prodigy He let me breathe another day to fulfill my prophecy One headlight, one headlight, one headlight, one headlight, one headlight, she got one headlight, one headlight, she got one headlight, one headlight, she got one headlight, 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 one Leaking oil and you got one headlight uh-huh. I said let me get on out so you can see this big old thing And if you nice and talking right then I just might let you bang Cause I'm trying to find a freak I'm all up in these streets Looking for a little boo that's gonna buy me something to eat But she got one Now and later. My friend said, trust all that noise. It's time for 
headlight, she got one headlight, one headlight, she got one headlight, one headlight. Girl, we are back, CRS Radio Show. This is your girl, Danny Redwine, with the comedy chat. That was your girl, Serena Monet, straight out of Chicago with that one headlight. Before that, you heard Malik Jordan, straight out of Grand Rapids, Michigan, with that you and I and Gotta Be. And you can find them streaming on musical platforms. They out here doing their thing. Serena Monet is a comedian out of Chicago with that one headlight. She's funny as hell. We did a show on here. You can find that in my shows and episodes if you ever want to go back and uh, check out that show. Uh, we're going to get Malik Jordan on the show eventually because I'm featuring a lot of his music, um, but he is one of our finest in my city, Grand Rapids' own. Um, so check him out, Malik Jordan, on all platforms. And we're going to get back to our guest. We got Spanky Hayes in the building. Yeah. He's been chopping it up with me all this afternoon, and it's morning for him, but it's still been morning. chopping it up about a lot of stuff. Super, super dope interview, super dope interview. So I want you to get into that. You was telling me about some things that you have done and things that you are getting ready to do. So go ahead and tell our listeners what's going on. All right. So uh, I just had a movie that came out Friday called Back on the Strip. Uh, it has Wesley Snipes, Tiffany Haddish, Kevin Hart, uh, Bill Bellamy, Faison Love. Uh, I, I can't say his name for some reason. Uh, uh, Gary Owens. Okay. Uh, a, a slew of my, how often do you get to use that? A slew of comedians. Uh, awesome. Uh, right. A slew. Have, yeah. Next year, a mess. A mess of comedians. Uh-huh. Uh, next, next year, I have uh, Crank 3 uh, coming up. I okay. have two Tubi movies. Uh, one is my movie. It's called Martina. Uh, and it's it's uh, kind of a black take on Shallow Half. Okay. Okay, I remember Shallow Half. Uh-huh. Yeah, but but it's a girl who sees the, the best in guys. Okay. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I like so, that concept. And you know that's you said that's not on Tubi now? No, I'm I'm getting ready to shoot that in January. Uh okay. I'll be done by March so I can then I have to go to Australia for seven months to shoot crank three. Okay. That's what's up. You're gonna be yeah. on, you know they got a comedy scene over there. Yeah, and they love black men over there. Oh, man, they got a good conversation. When I was in New York, I met an Australian comedian. And I was like, you make a living in Australia? And he was like, yeah, I haven't done anything else. (laughs) I'm like, really? (laughs) Yeah. Australia's the shit. Yeah, and there was a black guy. And he's uh, born and raised in Sierra Leone, so he's African. Oh, okay, that's what's up. You know, and he's in Australia doing comedy. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's enough money for everybody. It is, all over the world, all over the world. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you're going to be in Australia, and then you're going to shoot for that. And what do you have out right now? What can people see you on on Tubi right now if they want to go check out Spanky Hayes' movie? Oh, man, there's so many. Uh, I'll start with uh, Finesse 2, 2 Finesse, it's called. Okay, 2 Finesse. Finesse. 
uh, uh, T-Bard, my sister, uh, sister T-Bard uh-huh. uh, is in that movie as well. Okay. Uh, and then I got the Detroit Come Up that's on Tubi. Um, I think it's, uh, what's the name of that other word? I forget it. Something, Mr. Drugs and Strippers. Uh, that's on Tubi. Uh, I got a few on Tubi. Uh, okay. And I got to go to New York uh, the end of this year to film a Tubi movie. Uh, so I got a couple of Tubi movies I'm doing, a couple of real movies I'm doing. And I hate to say it like Tubi movies. But just just movies. shout out the directors. The directors don't mind you shooting them out. Shoot out the directors. Who you got on? Who was directing? Yeah, that's a that's a uh, after two question. Uh, I, let me see. Uh, I think <laughs> of any of these directors. Uh, I, I, will, I worked with MJ Harrell. Shout out to MJ Harrell. Yeah. Uh, well, I, okay. He did uh, some. He did some Tubi movies. Um, yeah. I know that uh, the boys out of Detroit, uh, Thomas Harris. Yeah. Um, then we got Al Newt. Yeah. Yeah. They they coming up out of Detroit. Yeah, um, I worked for Al Newt a couple times. Uh, yeah. Homeboy. Uh, yeah. And um, man, it's it's. It's just so much stuff it's going so on right now. I, I yeah. feel blessed, man, you know, uh, to to be gone for eight years. And then, you know, and it, it, back to the black and white thing, you know, a, a white celebrity could be gone for 20 years, and, and they celebrate them when they come back. Uh, a yeah. black celebrity, if he ain't in three movies that came out, he fell off. So, <laughs> right, you know right, I mean? so, you fell off, yeah. That is one thing I can say. I can say about Detroit that they make it hard on, they make it hard on people that actually have done something, and you know, trying to always discredit their their relevance. Yeah, because it's no relevance there. So you got to right. feel like like they say, when in Rome. So when you're in Rome, so you got to do what the Romans do. So when you're in Detroit, there's nobody famous there. Right. So, like, they even tried to shoot movies. Uh, I, I want to say this is about maybe 15 years ago. They tried to shoot movies in Detroit, but the set kept getting robbed. And do you remember when uh, they, they shot Batman versus Superman in Detroit? Do you remember when someone stole the Batmobile? I do remember that. I vaguely remember. Crazy. And yeah, how did someone... he even get away with that? So, because of that, they stopped. They stopped shooting movies in Detroit, big movies. But they did open up the Tubi Lane, but they had a lane in Detroit for a minute. A lot of people don't know that Avatar was, some of Avatar was shot in Detroit. I, you know uh, what? I heard that too. There, there actually, there's actually been a lot of movies filmed out of Detroit. Yeah, the Transformers was shot out of Detroit. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's basically because they wanted to knock some of them old ass buildings. Old ass buildings down. Yep. And they all they they had the road to do it. They had a whole bunch of abandoned roads to to do that. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's a, it's a lot of you know. It could be something. Detroit is is something, but it could Listen, be Detroit much is, more. Yeah, Detroit is just a sitting gold mine. That's all it is. It is, but they're gonna let these foreigners come buy it all. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because they're doing it now. Yeah. They're doing it now. You can see the houses coming up and buildings coming up now. Oh, I forgot to mention, I'm doing a movie uh, called uh, uh, Gentrification. It's not, that's not the uh, movie in title, but that's what it is for right now, because that's okay. what it's about. It's about okay. how all these 
I hate to say color names, but when white people buy houses in the ghetto and they have ghosts still in there, drug dealer ghosts that got killed, pimp ghosts that got killed, ghosts that got killed in there. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? That's dope. Yeah, so the only black people that are alive in this movie is I'm one of them, but I'm married to a white girl. So it's, 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 it makes you think of Get Out, but it's way deeper. Okay. Okay, I like that concept though. That's dope. Yeah. So, so is that more of a serious role? Because it sounds like a comedy, but a but a scare, like a scary. A, what is it called? Not a dramedy, but like but, a scary but, comedy. Yeah, like a dark comedy almost. Yeah, like a dark comedy type thing. Yeah. Yeah, but that's what I'm into. I'm more. Uh, I'm acting more now. Like I'm, you know, I'm I'm trying to take the Mike Epps and Kevin Hart and and cat role. Because I figured out in my retirement that you get those stadiums by being in movies. Absolutely. So I I focus on movies now, and I still do comedy. I still do stand up, but right. But it's to sharpen up so when these movies come out, I could now it's legitimate wow. And the you know, the I was gonna say Joe Louis Arena, which is gone, but the Little Caesars Arena is right. You know, and matter of fact, I'm the first. Detroit comedian to do the uh, Little Caesars arena. Oh, really? Yeah, doing the Wild and Out, doing the Wild and Out tour. Okay, okay, that's what's up. Yeah, so they let me headline that night because we was in my hometown. That's dope, was, and that that gives dope. you that gives you the opportunity to put some of your people up there. Exactly. That's, that's exactly. what I like about, you know, with comedy, you know, with seniority, you know, sometimes your seniority and where you're from, you know, it does mean something to people, you yeah. know, it can put you in a position, you know, to help some other people out right. and give right. and give out those opportunities that you might not have been able to have. You know what I'm saying? No, I agree. Yeah, I agree. absolutely. That's dope. I'm glad that you're doing that. That's dope. So yeah. so what you got coming up for, for stand up? Are you hitting any stages? Uh, I'm going back on the road with Cat Williams. I got just a few dates with him. Okay. Uh, I'm starting my own tour, uh, Me Against the World tour. Uh, and that's, uh, we're getting dates for that now. Uh, that starts next month in New York, uh, Miami, uh, a few. Uh, and then shit, I might uh, try to put you on some of those because I'm usually, I'm, I'm mostly using girls. Okay. Okay, hell, I'm down. I'm absolutely yeah. down, and I'm ready too. I'm out yeah. here a little bit too. I'm I'm featuring. I, I do some feature spots for um, Isaiah Kelly. So oh, okay, I, Isaiah Kelly. I remember he was a little little uh, boy. Shout, shout yeah. Out to, uh, shout out to his dad, Gerald yeah, Kelly. Uh, man. He liked and the. Gerald's I like. I always man. say he liked the nephew of comedy. Yeah, Gerald's my man. Yeah. So. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, so yeah, I'm just uh. Yeah, doing absolutely. what I can on the stand-up thing, uh, on the stand-up side, I'm just doing what I can. Right. And, uh, you know, and I'm just going back and forth to LA. You know, I have a room uh, monthly at the comedy store. Okay. I'm going off. Uh, well, I just started. Oh, I didn't back know that. I have to let you know when I get back to LA. Yeah, you know, my name has been on the comedy store wall since 2000. What's up? Well, shit, I've probably seen it there. Yeah. I was there. Uh, me and Barb was there last year. Yeah. Around this time last year. Yeah, so you know, oh, but, yeah, I put you know, my foot in Detroit. I put my foot out here in LA, man. I put my foot down. You know, it took a long time, a lot of starving, a lot of uh, 
Mr. Mills, a lot of Mr. Yeah. a lot of uh, you know, a lot of a lot of things, a lot of yeah. things. But but I'm not mad at the end result. You know, I have everything I want to have when I want to have it. But I'm spoiled too. So I but I got a, way more than a lot of people that I know. Absolutely, blessing it. Yeah, it's blessings. But you know, I I just you know. I, as far as comedy go, I would always tell any comedian, just thank God first, man, because you're the luckiest person in the world, man, because if you could do what you're set out to do, you will be doing a 1% of America's job. It's right. Only, it's only 1% yeah. of people that's successful in this business that we're in. Absolutely. And to know the odds of that and to still be motivated, you're a special person. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and with that, too, you know, people, these younger comedians need to listen to that wisdom. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. you can make a lot of mistakes um, that, yeah. can, that can cost you in this business. You know, yeah. you realize how fast you can fizzle out by, by a couple bad encounters, you know. So, you know, I always, I always tell comics, you know, the stage is your, your best teacher, you know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you, when you get off that stage, you know where you messed up. You know where you lost the audience. You know where you, you know what I'm saying? Where you messed your joke up and you had to reword it. Like you, the the stage is gonna teach you the best. And being thankful to God, Spanky. Listen, when you make it out here and you're able to take care of yourself and your family on jokes. You are you have succeeded. Do you understand yeah. what I'm saying? You are successful. You are a doctor. You exactly. Exactly. You are yeah. exactly. You are a doctor. A doctor. You're yeah. a dope dealer. You giving people dopamine out here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. By laughing, that's that's good for your soul. It's good for your body. People underestimate laughter. Laughter is like the key to a lot of shit. That's messed laughter up. What is the first chemo? Uh, Mhm. Right. 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 So it's like you know you gotta have laughter. You gotta laugh even when you want to cry. And crying is good sometimes too because right. it, it clears I, it clears the way the it makes more room for laughter. Right. Right. And I do and I do think that people um you know social media you know can can play a part with with comedy. And I still feel like at least people can get on and find something on their phone to laugh at if they're having a shitty yeah. day. If yeah. you're having a bad day, all you got to do is scroll through some funny videos and laugh, and you'll feel a lot better. You know, I am grateful for social media and that, but I'd be mad as hell at social media for these over-the-night comedians. <laughs> yeah. I'd be mad as hell. You know, but, that, you know, that just – that, that, that puts me a little mad too because it's like you're not a comedian like right. it, it takes longer than 30 to Man, consider yourself a comedian. To, to be funny but i do have let me and i'm just gonna shout out to all the comedians that actually became comedians after being skit comedians because they actually took the time to learn the craft and get on stage and formulate their jokes and get a set because a lot of people are content with just being funny online. Well, because they get checks from that, and so they don't have to go into the physical stand-up anymore because they get checks from that. Right, but but if somebody book you, you can't translate that skit onto stage. That's true. That's true. 
And, and the best person to 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 transform into a real comedian, to me, in my opinion, is is uh, DC Youngfly. He came Absolutely. from skits, and then now he's a comedian. You know, is he the best comedian? No. Is he the worst comedian? No. But exactly. he's consistent. He's very he's consistent, and I and I got a lot of love for him. Like that's me my too. little bro. And you know, and, I got a and, lot of love for DC. I had the honor of working with him when he first started doing stand up. And he was maybe a few, he was like six months in, and he was headlining the show in Lansing, Michigan. And I was about three, maybe four years in at that time. And he did good. And I actually came up front for him to kind of fuck with me a little bit. And he did, and he got a, you know, reaction off the crowd. And I thought he did exceptional that night. And I encouraged him to keep it going because he actually, he actually had jokes. He actually had material. Even though, you know, his delivery wasn't always right and he wasn't, you know, he didn't punch it up or you could tell where he lost something. That was just me knowing that. You know, the audience right. couldn't tell. The audience right. couldn't tell that he lost it. And he did good through that show. And I've had nothing but respect for him since then because I felt like, you know what, this young man is actually out here doing it. And it's not easy. Stand up and easy. It's not easy. It's not easy. So, you know, I, bet I encourage him a great deal. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think he'll go far. And, I, you know, my heart goes out to him right now because he's grieving, um, you know, the loss of his love. And I, man, I can't, I couldn't imagine it. But, oh, yeah, Jackie was the homegirl. She was the homie. She was a wilding out girl before he was all wilding out. Yeah, yeah. I knew her a few years before I met uh, D.C., yeah. So, so yeah. So you know, just the love of the family, man. I, you know, it's it's just about family, man. It's a, the world is too messed up to be a messed up person anymore. You gotta, yeah. you gotta find some positivity. You gotta find some love, and and you have to make your circle so small that you only get mad at yourself. Right. Right. You know what and I mean? You can't let nobody else mess up your back. Yeah, but you really have nobody else to blame. This is a solo. This is a solo act. You are a yeah. solo act. Yeah. You know, regardless of how many people, how many people surround you and and pour into you, you are still on your own at the end of the day. <laughs> right. And, the, and yeah, Tommy's life is a lonely life. If you don't have anybody and you're not with somebody, like you're married. But if you're not, it's a lonely life. Because you know, I got tired of it. even believe it or not, even having ten girlfriends, you can't invite them all in the same bed. That's lonely too. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine that would be lonely too. Absolutely. Yeah, that's lonely. Like to lie to a different person every day, that's lonely. Yeah, not to mention, you know, you just you're not able to give that person yourself, so it's empty. It's exactly. An empty act. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, yeah. I always say once once you arrive, you're like, okay, I'm tired. I'm hungry. I want to go home. I want to be in my own bed. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. Like, there's, there's like, no, right. There's no love behind it. No, no. So I had to find some love and a purpose uh, of life because, you know, if I didn't make it or do what I would, and then making it is all about you. Like, everybody's made it to themselves, you know what I'm saying, in their own way. Because nobody knows your backstory. So right. if your backstory was jacked up and now you can do comedy and to even express it, that's that's making it. Right. Absolutely. You know 
to, to make more in comedy than you would at your day job to some people that's making it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, But I just wanted it all. Yeah, I hear you. I want you. it all. I don't, I don't, one paycheck ain't enough for me. I need it all. I want yep, all the paycheck. More. Yeah, it ain't enough. This ain't enough. Yeah, it's not enough. <laughs> like old boy said in Blow, this this ain't enough. He was like, we're rich. No, he was like, nah, this ain't enough. <laughs> no, this ain't enough. Right. You know, well, what satisfies one person will dissatisfy another, of course. Exactly. Exactly. So, so I'm, I've always been dissatisfied in my position, even when I felt that I was number one. Right. I still felt like it was more. So, so what? So, leading into that, that's a good segue. What's leading into that? What, what do you want for Spanky in ten, fifteen years? What does that look like? Where do you see yourself going in this game? And and tell us about how you how you think that's going to be in the future for you. Well, to to have to deal with the internet comedians and to kind of go backwards, it feels like I'm starting all over again. So, so it feels like. I'm I'm a guy, I'm a rookie, and I'm a vet. So it's right. like I've done everything that everyone's dying to do at this point. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of cr- trying to create and or be on every new creation because everything that's done so far, I've done it already. So I'm looking for something new as well. I'm right. looking for the next step. Would you and get I don't into even know what it is. Would you get into writing at all, like writing your own um, show or doing podcasts? Yeah, I've written for a lot of comedians that people think that's funnier than me. Uh, I've done, (laughs) you know what I mean? I've I've done uh, podcasts. When I was in that uh, controversy with Tyrese, that was my podcast. So think about how long ago that was. That was like 10 years ago. That so was, was the funniest pair. Let me just tell you this, thank you. I watched it. Oh, I watched it so many times, dying laughing. That was the funniest, one of the funniest flipping discs ever. Okay, oh, man. I, man, listen, Ty, Ty, Tyrese is so sensitive. But you know, yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people was coming at Tyrese. Tyrese is a sensitive nigga. That's a he saw. You know what I'm yeah. saying? He, he is. He R and B singer. Yeah, he like baby shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he, yeah, he saw. He, he just saw. I don't know no other way to explain him. Right. But so, that was funny. So yes. Yeah, so I've been doing podcasts for a long time. I started right. off with, with Bishop Don Juan. So, you know, he's been doing podcasts forever, going on 20 years maybe. Uh, okay. He put, me, he put me in the game. So, right. And I was like 15 years ago. Okay. Yeah, I knew so, your podcast uh, podcast game was strong because I've seen a lot of them. I've seen a lot yeah. of I've heard a lot of them, um, you know, so I knew you were doing that. I just didn't know if that's something like after after the acting and stuff slows down, what what would you want to do? Would you want to just, you know, become a writer for other people or just like get into movies, maybe write your own movie? Well, yeah. uh, well that's what I'm doing now. So uh, writing movies, like I was saying earlier, Martina, that's, I wrote that. I wrote the okay. Martina movie. So, uh, and, you know, I, you know, to be honest with you, uh, in 10 or 15 years, if, 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 I'm, if I still have life, which I hope I do because I have children, mm-hmm. I just want to be the best dad. I want to be like Batman of daddies. 
Like, I want to be Superman and Spider-Man of fathers. Right. I want to be the old school father that the kids are scared of. No, I don't do that. That like come that. over and know you're going to have some barbecue wings in the refrigerator. Yeah, yeah. You know, right. I want my kids to say to their friends, hey, be, you know, don't do all that. My daddy in there. You know, right. You see them boots right there? That means my daddy's home. Right. Uh, you know, you see that car? That's my daddy's car. You got to be quiet. And because a lot of a lot of men don't think about that just being a dad, but it's a lot of rewards in being a black daddy. Yeah. Uh, y'all, yeah. I feel like black men could really raise some phenomenal children. Yeah. Uh, you know, if they're and, given. And I love being a, and I love being a husband too. Mm-hmm. I, like I really enjoy it. Like I really do. Like like a hundred percent enjoy it. So if I no, could be married no, as I long as I'm living, I'm, And I'm glad to hear you say that. I'm jaded on marriage. You know, I was married for 15 years, and my marriage ended through my breast cancer and through me losing my son to the system. So I mm-hmm. have, like, a real bitter – I mean, I'm not even bitter no more because I, I think I still can love, but I don't know about the marriage thing. I don't, I don't know if people take their vows. I don't think people take their vows as serious as they should. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like when when the shit really when stuff get in the mud, I think it's easy for people to back out of it. Right. You know, so I, I guess I just feel you know I don't know. Marriage. I'm glad it is, it works out for the people that it works out for, and you know I don't know well, about get married again. I had to go through the mud. I had to go through the mud to find my queen so i had to actually go to a whole nother planet to find her right so, so that's why i feel like i'm I'm gonna keep holding on to this and uh you know if, if it ends it won't be my fault because i don't you know i'm not really tripping on the girls no more you know i'm a man so i look i got instagram i look at girls but i don't want them as much as i want my wife exactly i mean but you only be human you know what i'm saying like that right, right. That's not even that's not even abnormal to me. You know what I'm saying? Like you right. look at stuff. It's, you know who you're with. You love who you're with. Yeah. You know. I post her all the time. I post my family all the time. Like that's right. just definitely cute. got the family man thing going on. I like to see it. I like to see. Yeah. I don't think you see enough of it. You yeah. know. And I, I love think, it. And it's yeah, not an act. It's not a. Yeah. You know how some people they do it out of necessity. I do it because that's where I'm at in my life. Right. Absolutely. You know That's where it is. So I'm not going to act like it's not there. I'm not going to act like I don't have these responsibilities. Right. Uh, a lot right. of women say, you know, hit me up in the DM and say, I want to talk to you because the way you take care of your wife. Like, so it's, it's even honoring that, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, wow. So, yeah, I, I feel like I'm in the best position I could be right now and I can attack show business again, you know, like, how it needs to be, and I've been there before, so I know where the loopholes at. I know what's on the other side of that door. I know, you know, I I, I know I've been there, so it's like right. I've really been there. So it's like you know, I took like again, I'm from 1996 to to 2000. I would say probably about 18 every day in California. That's I just started coming out to Vegas, so you know, right. so it's like, you know, so 
Uh, and then Vegas is Floyd now. You know, I went to high school with Floyd. Yeah, that's my family. They, you know, they all in my family. Shout out to Joy. Joy yeah. out there. Uh, his sister Joy moved back to uh, Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids maybe about five okay. years ago. Okay. Uh, yeah. Batima. Her name is Batima. Oh, but yeah. We call I know, her Joy. I don't yeah, know so, her, but I know her. You know, I know all the Mayweathers. Everybody knows who the Mayweathers are. So. Next time you see her, just tell her you cool with me. She's going to be like, yeah, that's my cousin. Like, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah I don't see her that much. You know, she. I, I didn't know she was in Grand Rapids. So. Well, I, I don't know. If and I don't go out. Rapids, you know but I know I that she moved back to Michigan like five years ago. Right. But, Spanky, I literally go to comedy shows and I'm in the crib. If she, if the team ain't at a comedy show, I probably won't see her. You know? Right. I'm a homebody. I'm one of them people that like being at home. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I like wearing I, I like, wearing I like to do that too, but it just, and socks men and, it just you know don't do it. Right, right. For men, right. it just don't seem seem cool to do that, but I like to do that too. I ain't gonna lie. That man. But, but, it, but it's the kind of job that we have that you know lets my wife respect it. Like if I'm not on stage, I'm on this couch. I'm playing this game. I'm raising these kids. I'm being a husband if, if I'm not on stage. And then I take that with me, too. Everywhere I go, I take it with me. Like, right. you know, I, I want people, right, I want every girl to know that I'm We're getting down to the last minute of the show, so I got to tell you this before we get off the phone. So I just want to give you your flowers, Spanky, because just as a comedian that's only been doing it since 2014 and watching you and watching the things that you've gone through in the media – you have, like, mighty, mighty resilience because it hasn't stopped you from doing anything. And somebody for me loves to see that because you didn't let anything in this industry stop you from still being yourself and being funny. So from Danny Redwine, you got your flowers. I appreciate that. I appreciate that, beautiful lady. Absolutely. And I want to give you yours, too, and just keep going and keep going and keep going. There's no middle, there's no end, and there's no start. It's just doing it. Absolutely, absolutely. And I received that. I am gonna keep doing it. I said I don't. I don't think I'll ever stop doing comedy because it, it gives me a feeling that not, I can't get anywhere else on this planet. So, with that, your girl Danny Redwine ain't going nowhere. I'm just getting started. You know, my there old ass is getting started. So thank God I look young. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, you do. You do. You look like you're about absolutely. 31. 30. Right, right. Well, how can we follow you? Where can we follow you at? We got 20 seconds. Where can we follow you? On official Spanky Hayes on Instagram. Follow me on Carlos Hayes, which is my government name, uh, on Facebook. And if you follow me any other way, I'm going to shoot at you. All right, then. That's how you don't hang up, but that's going to end our show. You don't hang up, Spanky. That's it for us today. Y'all take it easy. <laughs>